you can always make a big school small, but you can't make a small school big. And so I do think that's very true, where you can find your groove in a large university and make it smaller, but however big your small university is, isn't going to get any bigger. Welcome to Unlocking College Life, real talk about all things college. The best part of this podcast is that your voice is part of the show. Other students care what you have to say. So through your questions, your feedback, and your real talk, we all grow together. Let's dive in with your hosts, Joy and Alona. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Unlocking College Life. Today, we are joined by Barrett, who is going to tell a little bit about his background as a college student that maybe has a little longer of an undergraduate journey than other folks. Barrett? Definitely. Thanks for having me, first of all. My name is Barrett. I'm a senior at the University of Michigan. I've done the full four years. However, I also did two years of undergrad at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Then I transferred after my sophomore year there and ended up doing the full four years here at Michigan. So I'm in my sixth year of college, but I am finishing up in about two months. I'm excited for that and I'm excited for what the future has. What would you say to other folks who are listening to this? Because we know there is a little bit of concept of this traditional way of being in college, which is like the four-year track, which obviously we know is a little bit of a misnomer. And at the same time, it does have an impact on how college is seen by students. So can you talk a little bit about having to maybe adjust your expectations? Yeah, absolutely. I think, honestly, there's no normal anymore. With COVID, I mean, people are leaving school, they're coming back. People are here for three years, they're here for six years, like it's just there's no normal. And so I think for anyone who's hesitant, they feel like they'd be out of place. I think this is a great opportunity now more than ever. Just kind of like take that plunge and and it can be scary at first. But honestly, if you have the confidence and you feel prepared, I think it's there's no reason not to. I'm also curious, what brought you from Ohio here? So I am actually from Columbus, Ohio. I'm really in rival territory, but my dad and sister are both alumni. My dad got two degrees here. My mom went to Michigan State, actually, but they're all Michigan people. And ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to go to Michigan. So as soon as I got in, I knew there was no other place I'd want to be. So what this also makes me think about is a lot of folks have dream schools, right? And what differences have you noticed between your two college experiences? Miami is a public school. It seems like a private school, but it is a public university. But yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think, you know, Miami and Michigan have a lot in common. They're both considered public Ivies, but they are very, very different schools. Miami is much smaller. I couldn't tell you the enrollment off the top of my head, but I can say that I had classes with the same 20 people over and over. And at Michigan, it's very rare to have outside your major more than two classes with somebody. And I think that's kind of a preference that you develop. It's a little bit difficult, too, though, because I think for some people, they ask you out of high school, do you want to go to a big school or a small school? You go, I don't know. I'm in high school. I've never been to either of those. I don't know what a big or a small school is. And so it's kind of hard to like predict what you want to do a year out. But I think kind of playing it slow and trying to figure out you know, what best suits you is kind of like the best advice I can give. And sometimes big schools will say, oh, we'll create the small school experience, which some of them can. And at the same time, we also talk to students who can get lost in that. So I just wonder if you felt more or less prepared having been at a smaller school or... Yeah, well, so one thing I've heard before that I think is really nice is you can always make a big school small, but you can't make a small school big. And so I do think that's very true, where you can find your groove in a large university and make it smaller. But however big your small university is, isn't going to get any bigger. 
for me personally, it was a challenge coming from a smaller school and trying to adapt to a much bigger school. My high school wasn't super large. And so going to Michigan, even though I was familiar with it, I wasn't used to giant 500 person lecture halls. And so it was a challenge at first, but you do find your people and you do make it smaller with just interpersonal connection. And I try to think if it was easier or harder coming from a smaller school to do that. I would say it's probably a little bit easier just because you have that experience of college in general. And so for meeting people that maybe don't have as much experience as you, they're just as scared as you are. So it's not too difficult to kind of ease in in terms of building friendships. So I'm so curious, when you transferred, did you start all over or were you put in upper classes? And in that case, right, it would be more of an experience of a transfer student. Right. So I had some credits transfer over, I want to say maybe 20 to 25. However, I kind of used that to my benefit in that I didn't load up with 16 credit semesters. I did 12 credit semesters. I did 13 credit semesters. There's a semester, it was actually right before COVID happened, where I had like, I developed like a really terrible head cold and was out for, I think it might have been like pneumonia or something, but had been out for a month. And so I ended up taking part-time school. So they did like six credits that semester. And so I kind of used that time that I had gotten from Miami kind of just took it slower at Michigan to kind of appreciate it. And so if I had gone whole hog and said, I want to get done in two and a half years, I probably wouldn't have been able to get it done in just two years. I could have, but I definitely used that time. It was a very privileged position to be in where I can take that time to have those resources and enjoy my experience. But I'm glad I did it and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. What helped you the most to build support here? Definitely Michigan summer camp that we had talked about before in Northern Michigan. That's uh, through the university. I had worked there. So I got into Michigan in the spring of 2018. And so I had agreed to sign up to work at camp. I had camped there most of my childhood life. And so when I got in, I was like, that's perfect. I'm going to make friends with all the counselors that work there. And my first summer, I made a whole bunch of friends. None of them went to Michigan. I had friends that went to the University of Alabama. I had friends that were not from America that went back to their country. And so it's like, well, I made a bunch of great people, but I didn't meet people that I knew. But I went back the next summer and I got to build those relationships. And I went back summer 2021 and I got to meet like some of my very, very best friends. And so that like definitely helped me the most in transition and meeting people at Michigan was to have that kind of connection outside of the university initially. Maybe that leads to something else that I know about you, which is that we talk a lot on the podcast about how to navigate challenges, too, that there's great parts of college and there's parts that make you learn a lot about yourself. And I know that you had an experience where you didn't get something you wanted, but it led to something else. And so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of camp, there was a job position that I went for that was a little bit higher grade than kind of like the traditional positions there as a leadership position. And I thought I was in pretty good position to get it. And when I didn't, I was I was pretty devastated and upset. But I said, I thought back and forth, it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't even go to camp. Maybe I should just move on with my life. But I thought, no, it's something I really enjoy. It's something I get a lot out of. And so I'm going to make the most of it. And so I took a different position at camp. It was amazing. Met some of the best friends I've ever had got to have experiences that I've never had before in my life. And I don't know if I ever will have again in my life. And it's just like amazing to me to think what I would have missed if I had just given up on that. And so to like go through an experience that I thought was going to be worse or, or not as good as I hoped it would be. And it being one of the best things I've ever done in my life was very affirming. 
And when you think about your experience at college, whether it was connected to the camp experience, I think for some students, it is easy to make friends. And for other folks, that's actually kind of more of a mysterious process. And I think it's worth trying to talk a little bit about that. How do you do that on campus? I don't think there's one answer. I think it depends on person. Like for me personally, I'm very extroverted in a friend group. But if I'm meeting people for the first time, I'm usually more reserved. And so for me, I had to break it down and make it more interpersonal. I had to talk to people that were in my classes one-on-one. It wasn't easy for me to just be like, oh, I'm going to go join this club and talk to all these people. I tried to join clubs and it just wasn't for me. It was too difficult and too intimidating to join groups where there's 30, 40 people and there's already established groups. And so for me, I needed to have one-on-one conversations with people. And so being able to talk to people at football games one-on-one or talk to them at camp one-on-one or in my classes one-on-one, that for me is what helped me make friendships, just to have that level of just kind of, not intimacy, but just sort of connection. But yeah, I think it's definitely different for everyone. I think a lot of people can just join clubs and make 30 new friends just like that. But for me, it was very difficult and I definitely needed the more interpersonal connection. And I'm so glad you're saying that because we definitely hear from some of the students who have done that, who join clubs. And I think that that is perhaps easier when you come as a freshman and everyone is there in a headlight, right? But I think that trying to join it later can be really challenging. And I really appreciate you highlighting the sort of more one-on-one connection in a classroom or elsewhere. And even that, though, I think some students struggle with that, too. And so what would you say to someone? kind of want to say something, but how? Honestly, that is a challenge. But I think a good start is honestly just asking people about themselves. And it can feel awkward at first. And I know it's a challenge for a lot of people, but I promise it gets easier. And so for me, I feel that way often a lot. And I think classes are amazing because that's something that you off the bat have in common with them. You're in this class with them. So it's not weird if you're saying, I don't understand this homework problem. What do you think about it? because you're in that class together. And so they're like, oh, okay, that's a totally normal question. And here's my answer. Go, thank you so much. And then you can go on from there where it's like, oh, what other classes are you taking? Are you in my major? And then it goes from there. And so I think it's like kind of finding that common ground and building back from there and kind of figuring out who people are from there. And it's a bit of a leap of faith where you have to be, it's not weird. I'm not being awkward. I'm just a person here. I'm just another student. And so I think it's definitely gets easier. I promise it gets easier for people that think it's difficult. It's the hardest the first time. The more you do it, by the time you're a senior, it's not hard to meet people anymore because you could just talk to them because you've done it so many times. Well, and there has to be in that also a little bit of the acceptance that it's not every reach out is going to turn into your BFF, right? But that also sort of requires you to be okay with if you are like, hey, what about this homework problem? And they're when they kind of blow you off or it doesn't go anywhere. I think that's what you're saying is it's part of the practice of it too. You definitely need to have like a short memory span where not everyone is trying to make friends and some people have very busy lives and they're not trying to make friends inside of classes and you just don't need to be offended by that. Because if you're starting at a very basic level and you're saying, I don't understand this homework problem and they're just, oh, I don't know how to help you. I'm sorry. Well, that's not offensive to you. They don't know anything about you. And so It's difficult to put yourself out there. And I understand people's fear of rejection, even if it's on that surface level. But I promise you that nine out of 10 times, people are friendly and they're good people and they want to talk to people and meet new people. And so if you just have that optimism and know that nine out of 10 times, it'll work out as long as you keep doing it, I promise it'll be better. I feel like I have a question that I should have asked at the very beginning, which was, at what point did you know you wanted to transfer? And how did you get there? 
for me personally, I always knew I wanted to go to Michigan. And so I went to Miami University fully with the intent that I was going to Michigan. And so honestly, I kind of sacrificed a little bit of my social life my first two years of college because I wasn't going out. My roommate was someone that I went to high school with and I was good friends with, but I wasn't meeting new people because I said, I, I want to go to Michigan. I did make some friends at Miami, but it definitely cut myself short socially what I could have. But I accomplished my goal. I, I got really good grades and I got into Michigan as soon as I can. But yeah, I think for some people, it's different experience where they have to figure out. I can't imagine what it's like. Of, oh, I, I want to go to the school. And then you get there and you're like, mm, this isn't really what I was thinking. Because for me, this was a different side of it. Whereas I kind of want to say I didn't want to be there, but it wasn't my final goal. Such a laser focus. You set your heart on that path and it sounds it took some sacrifices for sure. But here you are. So congrats on that. Well, I'm not sure that people even or students even realize that is another path to a dream school. I think sometimes people think I have to apply there. And if I don't get in, that's the end of the story. Whereas there are multiple paths into maybe some of our reach schools or whatever. So is that how you approached it? I guess I'm trying to clarify. What was your thought process with all of that? I applied to Michigan out of high school, but I got deferred and then later denied. And so you have that initial wave. It's kind of what I was talking about with the, the job offer for the summer camp. You have that initial wave of like, well, I should just give up because that's how everyone does it. They get out of, they get into it out of high school. And if I'm not going out of high school, what's the point of going? But you learn the more time you think about it, like what means the most to you in life and like what is something that a goal that you really want to accomplish. And for me, I was like, I need to go to Michigan. And so this is the second I got into school, I was like, well, what do I need to do to go to Michigan? They said you need 60 credits of grades before you send out a transfer application. And so for me, that was three semesters, I believe. I sent it out and they were like, looks good, but we want to see you take statistics. And so I worked as hard as I possibly could on the statistics course. I got an A and they had me come in. I actually went to Ann Arbor and met with the person. And it looks good. You're finally in. I was like, oh, thank God. Such a relief. We have even had students who transfer from community colleges, actually. So it is possible. Folks do find a way, even if it's a little bit of a detour. Right. And I think people, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's your way to do it. You have one life. It's you're either going to be, if you want to go to a school and you didn't get in, then your only other option is to transfer. And if you don't want to transfer, that's perfectly fine too. Some people just want to like tough it out at their school. And if you can make the most of it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. And there's so many paths that could happen. What I'm thinking of is I also know folks who show up day one at a big university like Michigan and they end up leaving because it is overwhelming, not for everyone. But I guess I think what you're talking about and I want to highlight for folks is that it actually can be really beneficial to start somewhere else for folks than to just jump right in to a big university. So I really don't know that everybody really knows that. So I just want to highlight it, that there's multiple paths to get to where you want to go. Absolutely. I think that is kind of the other side of the coin is going to a school that you really wanted to and then you get there and it's not everything you thought it would be. And I had a bunch of friends from my high school group who had gone to a school outside of Ohio and then tried it for a year or two and they weren't really feeling it. They came back home to go to like the local school. And I get that. And if there's something wrong with it, it's finding out what your experience wants to college is expensive. And if it's not the experience that you think you should be getting, then you need to look at other options. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame to it. So what's next for you? So I just submitted my application for grad school here at Michigan, Master's of Movement Science. 
And so I'm looking to hear back from that. If I'm not getting into that program that I think I already signed a housing lease in Ann Arbor for next year. So I'm staying here and I'll probably do some maybe scribing or something if I'm not going to school. But beyond that, I want to go to medical school, thinking probably in state in Ohio just to save some money. But yeah, I want to go to medical school and doctor in the field of sports medicine. So big aspirations. And that's a whole another track, I think, that is can maybe be demystified a little bit is following that pre-med track. Sometimes students have this dream of being in the medical field that you also find out about yourself a lot through that journey. Because sometimes it's expectations of themselves, but sometimes I hear students say it's actually what their parents want them to do. Or So I don't know if you've gotten clarity on that through your six years. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone who's in pre-med at some point goes through that. Do I really want to do this? For me, chemistry is not my strong suit. And so for those classes that had to take chemistry classes, I had to work very, very hard. And there were many times where I was like, wow, I don't know if I can do this for X amount of more semesters, three more classes of chemistry. And I think people have those crossroads. And there's and it's the common term is like weeder courses, right? Where there's classes where the average is a C plus. For them, it's like, wow, I can't get a C plus. I'm done with school. And so it's kind of figuring out, is it not worth it to you at that point? Is it past your mental health? Devote so much to a class where you're not going to do well. And this isn't even something you want to do, right? Like if you don't even want to be a doctor and you're taking this horrible class that you don't like and getting a bad grade, then it's totally reasonable to not want to pursue that anymore. But for me personally, there was no course bad enough where I was, this is going to deter me from what I want to do. Very motivated to get to that point in my life. And so I made it through the most part. I just have one more semester of getting through those classes and then... Hopefully, it'll, it'll be good from there. Such a competitive track. We actually have a guest that we interviewed, just pre-med students sort of doing coursework even before the semester begins. So it's really such a grueling track. And I hear you on, if that's truly not what you want to do, I think it would be hard to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... There are a lot of people that have that realization sometimes late in the game. Maybe they have one more year left or one semester left or they go, I don't want to go to med school. And that's totally fine because that's the nice thing about Michigan and a lot of schools is that you don't major in pre-med, right? You have to have a different major. And so you have something to fall back on if you realize this isn't what I want to do. And so there's no shame in realizing this is just not for me. There's aspects of this that I don't want to do anymore because that just kind of pushes you in a new direction. And honestly, that's a direction you wouldn't go in otherwise. And so it's good to have maybe something pushing you that way. One other thing you were pretty honest about was some of the troubles you had with what you're calling weeder courses, which I think is what a lot of students call them, statistics or biochem or whatever it is. And so something else we like to highlight on our show is that there's a plethora of resources and help. And sometimes when things are hard for people, like you've been saying, it's actually easier to want to like hide than ask for help. And so I'm wondering what help you got or you sounded like you succeeded in those, but it wasn't easy. Yeah, so I'm actually in a fraternity. I'm in a professional fraternity, Alpha Chi Sigma, which is a professional chemistry fraternity. And so I was, wow, chemistry is not my strong suit. And so the only way to get through this is to just dive into it head first. And so I joined this fraternity and a lot of people here, are obviously chemistry majors. And so a lot of my friends are, are very good chemistry students. And so I got help from them. I utilized our SLC, our science learning center. And so there's a lot of resources at Michigan. There's a lot of resources at a lot of schools where if you're seeking it out, like there is help. Honestly, the only way you're going to just have no hope is if you just try to do everything by yourself. The reason those resources are there is because you cannot do it all by yourself. And there's no shame in needing to use one or two or all of them. 
I am just impressed. As much as you don't like chemistry and as someone that can really relate to that, to throw yourself into chemistry-based fraternity is amazing. I mean, good for you. I think there's this element of you throwing yourself into these experiences and seeing sort of what will happen and what you can utilize, what resources, so that it's refreshing. Thank you. I think that's a lot of what college is. It's a time of freedom and trying new things. And if you fail, the floor is pretty high. So there's something that you try and it doesn't work out. There's a thousand other things you can do at university. So never be too deterred by any failure and just like be confident in the successes you have. I have to just turn this around a little bit because I totally agree with Alona. You're saying everything that I think so many students need to hear. And at the same time, we hear so much about imposter syndrome and about people feeling like they don't fit and they're not good enough. And their response isn't always what you're saying. And so I don't know if you have advice for folks like that who are like, how did I even get here? For me personally, I have kind of a special kind where it's called it like transfer imposter syndrome because you're going through a different process than other people, right? You're doing a different set of admissions. And so the thoughts flood in. It's like, oh, I only got in because I did a different process than other people did. Like the people that got in here out of high school are really the smart ones. And it's a very, very real thing, especially at top universities where people are so competitive and you just think you don't belong. But I trust admissions. And if you apply yourself, I mean, college isn't supposed to be easy. So if you get in and you just coast, I mean, you kind of deserve to get kind of pushed back because great places like Michigan, I mean, you need to be able to apply yourself. And I think that kind of journey, everyone has to go through it where you discover what drives you and what is your motivation. That's kind of what gets you through your imposter syndrome is being like, this is the journey that I had and this is what made it so worth it. And so I do belong here. I don't have any bad feelings about that. And yeah, for me, it took a while, but I definitely had that realization that we're in the fraternity previously. And so they said, it's a great place. Like you should come join it. And I was like, it's such a huge thing about success in college in general is support network and friends. And so everyone has different friends. They're into different things. And for me, it just happened to work out that I was struggling in chemistry and a lot of my friends were chemistry people. And so I said, well, this is perfect. Match made in heaven. So... Any advice that you have for other students out there now that you're sort of coming towards the end of your college journey? I always think it's corny, but it's probably the best advice in general is at the end, you regret the things that you didn't do more than the things that you did do. Pretty common idea. But for me, when I got to Michigan, I made a checklist of all the things that I wanted to do since I was like a kid at Michigan. Whether it was like sled down this hill or donate blood for the Michigan Ohio State blood battle, all this stuff. And so for me, I have this long checklist and I still have 10 or so things that I haven't done yet. And I'm still planning to get them done. But I think the idea is just you only have so many days in college. And if there's something that you want to try, whether it's like a major or whether it's a club or something, I mean, college is such a great place to fail because if you do, no one cares and you can always do a whole bunch of different things. And so that's my advice is just don't be afraid to try new things because you're going to regret the things that you didn't do more than the things that you did do. I love that. College is a great place to fail. I don't think that's the mantra most students have, but I really like that. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Bear. It's been fun talking with you and we'll be with you all next time. It was so great to be with you and have you here join us and share your experiences and go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> what?
Wow, what a plot twist. We're not endorsing teams on our podcast now, people. Okay, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review us on your favorite pod platform. Share with your friends if this is making you think about and participate in college differently. We want to hear from you. Connect with us on Instagram and let us know how it's going. This podcast is not professional advice or replacement for therapy. If you need professional advice, you should find it with professionals in your area, such as your primary care physician or therapist.